Hosea chapter 1, verse 11, the title of the message this morning is All Nations Under God. All Nations Under God. Last week we studied verses 8 through 10, which is a marvelous passage in God's Word. And it spoke to us about the church of Jesus Christ and how God said that He would take the nations of the world and make them like grains of sand upon Abraham's shore, referring back to that covenant there in, uh, uh, in the book of Genesis that God made to Abraham. At the latter part of verse 10, God said, if you'll look there, And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, Ye are the sons of the living God. And that is being accomplished today through the preaching of the gospel message. But this prophecy will have its ultimate fulfillment when Jesus comes again. Because when Jesus comes, He's going to separate the sheep from the goats. He's going to officially and eternally identify the true sons of God from every nation in the world. The nation of Israel, which at this time still does not recognize Jesus as their Savior, uh, and about half of them consider themselves to be secular rather than religious, very sadly, even that nation of Israel shall turn back to God and embrace His Son as their Savior. God says, look in verse 11, Then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together. Now remember what we've learned in the study so far. At, the time, at this time when Hosea is preaching, the, the people of Israel are divided into two kingdoms. There's still one nation because they all are the descendants of, of the man Israel. But the, that nation of Israel is divided into two different kingdoms. One is the kingdom of Judah, and the other is referred to as the kingdom of Israel. It was sin that divided the nation in two. When Israel left Egypt, they were following God. They weren't following Moses. Even Moses was following God. Moses didn't know where to go. Everybody was following that pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. Uh, they were following uh, not Moses' commandments. They were following God's commandments that He had given to them through Moses. And when they entered the promised land, they lived by those same commandments that God had given long after Moses died. But Israel uh, was not like every other nation. They didn't need a king on earth. They had a king in heaven. God was their king. But Israel rebelled against God. And Israel wanted a, a king on earth just like all the other nations. They rebelled even more later on. And God split those two, that, 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 nation, that one nation into two kingdoms. The nation again of Israel and of, uh, the kingdom of Judah and Israel, excuse me. One nation but two kingdoms. But in the last day, the last day the nation of Israel is going to repent and turn back to God. That's what Hosea is saying here. He's saying, look, here's how it is now. We're all split up. But here's how it's going to be in the end. Right now, the nation of Israel is still divided. You look at the nation of Israel today. Have y'all ever followed politics in Israel? They hate Benjamin Netanyahu. 
And others love this other fella. Half of them love Netanyahu. Half of them love this other. Always constantly fighting and bickering and fussing among themselves. Some are liberal. Some are conservative. Like us, they go back and forth like a divided nation. But when they turn back to God, there will be no longer a division between them. Because their love for God and their faith in His Savior that He sent will unite them together. I want you to notice that Hosea said Israel will be, look back at your text, gathered together. You see that? Gathered together. Gathering God's people together is a function of the gospel covenant. You understand that? You might want to underscore that in your Bible. Gathered together. It is a function of the gospel covenant. Sin always creates division. Sin always scatters. Sin separated God from Adam. Sin separated Adam from the Garden of Eden. Sin separated the people. In, uh, uh, we learned this morning uh, at, uh, at the nation of uh, the kingdom of Babel. It sin separated them, divided them across the world, and, uh, and, and, and divided their languages. And from there, wars and divisions came because of sin. People weren't unified. They were unified together around themselves, but they weren't unified together with God. But God gathers people together through the gospel. In the gospel of John, chapter 11, the Jews were conspiring to kill Jesus. But the high priest that year, even though he wanted to kill Jesus too, he made a prophecy. He made a prophecy warning those that wanted to slay Jesus. He said in uh, John 11, nine, uh, 49, he said, in one of, it says, in one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. In this spake he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation. In other words, he didn't speak that of his own heart. That wasn't his own opinion. <laughs> he was against Jesus. But the Spirit came upon him, and he prophesied that Jesus would die for that nation. Verse 52, and not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Wow. You hear that? Caiaphas prophesied. That Jesus would die for that nation, but not just that nation. But that God would gather together, gather together. Same thing we just saw in Hosea. Gather together in one, all the people from the world who belong to God. What an amazing prophecy the high priest gave, even though he didn't understand his own prophecy. But we understand it. Because God gathers His people together in Jesus at the cross. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 10 says, God's plan in the gospel covenant is, in verse 10, quote, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times He might gather to gather in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven 
in which are on earth, even in him. When the devil sinned, heaven was divided. When Adam sinned, the earth and heaven were divided. Because of the promise of Christ, now man is divided. Jesus said, don't think I came to bring peace, I came to bring a sword. We're going to divide the sheep from the goats. We're going to separate the goats over here, but we're going to call all the sheep from all the folds around the world. And we're going to reunite man and Christ back together. And by doing so, reunite them to their God. The gospel will gather God's elect together. The gospel will gather God's church together. It will no longer be fragmented by false doctrines, by hireling pastors, by hypocrites. It's going to be gathered together in one in the Lord Jesus Christ. The truth of Jesus will unite us when the power of Jesus separates the wheat from the chaff. And that means the nation of Israel will no longer be divided either. Hosea said the people of Judah and Israel will be united together by the gospel. Look back in your text. And once they're united together as one, once they're gathered together as one, it says, and appoint themselves one head. Can you guess who that one head's going to be? Amen, brother. Amen. They're going to rally together under one leader. A king that will not be imposed upon them by force, but a king that will be ordained by God and appointed by them with great joy. I want you to notice that this king is called a head. You see that? He's called a head. Now, what's a head without a body? Amen? Hey, you want to see the you want to see the the, the, the the head's body? We'll just look around. Here we are. Here we are. That head is going to be the Lord Jesus Christ. Speaking of Jesus, the Bible says in Colossians chapter one, verse eighteen, and he is the head of the body, the church. There you go. That there, Hosea's head is identified. Right there, Hosea's uh, the body that belongs to Hosea's head is identified. Listen to what the angel of God told Mary concerning Jesus in Luke chapter 1, verse 32 and 33. When Mary learned from the angel that uh, she was uh, going to have a little boy, the angel said, quote, He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Now we've heard that in the gospel story, in the, in the Christmas story, as we often so call it. All of our lives, if we were raised up in church... But pay attention to what the angel said in relation to what God's Spirit said through the prophet Hosea. The angel said two things were going to occur. First, he said the Lord God would give unto Jesus the throne of his father David, which means Jesus would fulfill God's promise to David 
to forever establish his kingdom. Second, the angel said Jesus would, quote, reign over the house of Jacob forever. He would reign over the house of what? Jacob. Jacob was Israel. Remember, Jacob was the man who God changed his name to Israel. All 12 tribes came from Jacob. When Hosea wrote the book we're studying this morning, the kingdom of Jacob or the kingdom of Israel uh, uh, and the kingdom of Judah were split. And so there was one nation, the house of Jacob, and the house of Jacob was split into two kingdoms, Israel and Judah. Judah was the throne of David. That's one thing the angel said that Jesus would do. He would, he would establish the throne of, uh, of his father David. Okay? And so Judah was the throne of David. The majority of the tribes were in the kingdom of Israel. And the angel said God was going to give Jesus the throne of David. That's Judah. And the angel also said he would reign over the house of Jacob. That's Israel. And the only way this can be accomplished is if one day... The Jewish people from all tribes appoint one head over them, just like Hosea said they would. You see how the Bible harmonizes so well together? God said they shall be gathered together, appoint themselves one head, look back in your text, and they shall come up out of the land. My goodness, this gets me chills all over. They're going to come up out of the land, Brother Doug. They're going to come up out of the land. From every place where the Jews have been dispersed throughout the world. Just as God promised them in the Old Testament. God promised in the Old Testament that, that He would scatter Israel away from their homeland if they disobeyed Him. But He always promised that if they'll repent, doesn't matter how far away He's driven them, He'll reach out and He'll bring them back home. That's the promise. That's called the Palestinian Covenant in the Old Testament. And one day, he's going to gather them back together to the promised land. No matter how far away they've been scattered now. We have a lot of Jews in America. We have a lot of Jews in Europe. We have some Jews already over there back in the promised land. But I want you to remember, when God makes a promise to Israel nationally, he makes a promise to Israel spiritually. This is, a, this is a biblical truth. When God makes a promise to Israel nationally, He makes a promise to Israel spiritually. Never is there one without the other. So anytime you see God saying, I'm going to gather Israel from all places of the world and bring them together. Or I'm going to make Israel like the sand of the sea, innumerable. He's talking to Israel nationally the, the physical descendants of Abraham but the greater promise is to the nation of Israel spiritually the seed of Abraham by faith in Jesus Christ make sense? Okay. so any promise he gives to Israel nationally he's making to Israel spiritually the big the, 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 the small national promise the great big spiritual promise. Alright? So when God says 
that Israel shall come up out of the land. He's speaking about the greater spiritual promise of the true Israel of God as well. So not only are the the physical Jews going to come up out of the land. Not only are they going to be gathered back together in one. And united together by their faith in God. In His Son Jesus Christ. But God's going to gather. They're going to come up out of the land. They're going to come up out of the islands. They're going to come up out of the darkest places of Africa. They're going to come up out of communist China. They're going to come up out of Russia. They're going to come up out of the United States of America. They're going to come up out of the land. The whole land. They're going to be gathered together in Jesus Christ. From every race. Of every nation. From every corner of the globe. To appoint Jesus as King of kings. And Lord of lords. This is not in my notes. So it will not appear up on your screen if you're watching online. But write this down in your notes or your margin. Psalm chapter 22 verse 27. As I was looking over my message this morning. This passage of scripture I felt. I wanted to share with you. Listen to what it said. This is a prophecy. In Psalm 22 verse 27. It says this. All the ends of the world. Shall remember and turn unto the Lord. Isn't that amazing? All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the kindreds of the nation shall worship before thee. There's an Old Testament prophecy right there. Where the psalmist is saying. Doesn't matter what language. Doesn't matter what race. Doesn't matter what geographical location. Every one of them are going to remember God and his covenant. That he made back in the garden of Eden. And they're going to worship before you. In other words, they're going to come up out of the land. Revelation chapter 11 verse 15. Revelation chapter 11 verse 15 says, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. So when he's going to reign over the house of Jacob physically, nationally, he's also reigning over the house of Jacob spiritually. You see that? All the kingdoms of this world from whom God has called out his elect through the preaching of the gospel, they're going to worship him. They'll become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. They'll be united together. We learned this morning in Sunday school next door. How a man named Nimrod. Tried to unite everybody together. Under a false religion. We learned that in the book of the Revelation. There'll be another Nimrod called the man of sin. Commonly called the Antichrist by a lot of people today. But there'll be another Nimrod in Revelation. The man of sin. He's also going to do what Nimrod did. He's going to try to unite the world under a false religion. God's going to disrupt that. He's going to destroy that. He's going to cast the chaff into the fire. He's going to gather together the wheat from all ends of the earth. 
And he's going to unite us together under the one true religion. The altar of Cain shall be broken forever. And the sacrifice of Abel will all stand at. And praise God for his work through the cross. So Jesus isn't simply going to reign over the house of Israel nationally. But over the house of Israel spiritually and internationally. The world will unanimously acknowledge their creator and appoint their redeemer as their king forever. Look back in your text. For great shall be the day of Jezreel. Now remember Jezreel was the place where God said in verse 5. That he was going to break the bow of Jezreel. Jezreel was a military city in Samaria. Samaria was the capital of, uh, of uh, the, the, the kingdom of Israel. Of that, that part of the divided kingdom. That was their capital. And so Je- Jezreel was a military city. Uh, that was very close to Samaria. And uh, Jezreel was the place of great shame. Here in the book of Hosea. Because of the sin and blood that had been shed there on account of wicked King Ahab and his wife Jezebel. In verse 5 of Hosea 1, God said, look there with me. And it shall come to pass at that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. And so we learned that when, when God said he was going to break the bow of Israel... That that meant the bow was a a token, it was an icon of Israel's military might. And God says, I'm going to break it. You're going to pull back on that bow and it's not going to have any spring in it. You You won't be able to defend yourself anymore. I'm going to break it. I'm going to let your enemies come and conquer you. And then you're going to be scattered all over the world. But now Hosea is saying, but that's not the end of the story. Yes, the bow of Israel will be broken. Yes, the Jewish people nationally will be scattered all over the world. But in the end, Jezreel, where the bow was broken, is going to celebrate once more. Jezreel, in the end, will have the greatest military might of all. When all the people come up out of the land... And they all appoint God as their creator and Jesus as their king and redeemer. Great will be the day of Jezreel. It will be healed. It will have its might and power again. The bow of Israel will be broken no more. She will no longer need her earthly bow. Do you know why? She's going to have a king with a sword that comes out of his mouth. The word of God. As the book of Revelation puts it. Out of his mouth goes a sharp two edged sword. You won't need a bow any longer. Israel nationally. You won't need a bow any longer. Israel spiritually. You won't need a sword in a book. You'll have a sword in a man. His name is Jesus. And that man's spirit will be in us. And the sword will be in our hearts. His word, his law will be forever written in our hearts. 
will be united together, all nations under God, and He shall reign forever and forever. So while Hosea starts off with a whole bunch of gloom and doom and judgment, mixed in with that, God reminds us, yet I have not forgotten my promise through Jesus Christ, my Son. Brother, that's good. No matter how dark it gets in this world, the light is on His way. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You so much this morning, dear God. We thank You, Father, Lord, for sending Your Son to die on the cross for us. We thank You, Father, for the incredible words of accuracy in Your prophecies. We thank You for Your candidness, dear Lord God. We thank You that You don't sugarcoat sin. We thank You that You don't sugarcoat, dear Lord God, and hide us from the reality of the gloom and the doom and the wrath that's going to come upon this world, from the tumult that sin creates, from the war, from the, the catastrophic events, and the great rebellion that's coming. We thank You for telling us as it is. But Lord, even though we know that's on its way, we know what comes after it. We know who comes after it. And Lord, that is where our hope and our eyes are looking to today, to you and your promise to us through Jesus Christ, your son. And we look forward to that day. When we will crown him as king of kings and lord of lords. And the knowledge of the Lord shall cover the earth as the water covers the seas. His precious name we pray. Amen.